Book Three, Chapter Eight of *The Traitor* by Thomas Dixon Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Michelle Fry. Book Three, Prisoner and Traitor, Chapter Eight: The Ministry of Angels. Every delicacy which love could devise and her money buy, Stella lavished on John and his friends. Each day added to the list of men who returned to jail condemned to the infamy of a convict's pen at Albany. When the deep-muttered curses against Steve Hoyle for the betrayal of his men reached John's ears, he sent through Stella his sternest orders and his tenderest entreaties to Dan Wiley to prevent violence dan had successfully eluded every effort to arrest him john knew that he was hiding in the mountains with the men he had commanded armed to the teeth and he lived in constant dread of the news of steve's assassination even under the noses of the united states troops a single burst of sunlight came to brighten for stella the gloom of the day before john's departure for albany she succeeded in liberating jim the big brother of her little tow-headed friend her interest in the boy had been noted and she received the usual mysterious message that money placed at the right spot would prevent any witness from identifying jim she found the right spot promptly and paid the bribe of two hundred and fifty dollars without a question as to the ethics involved jim was discharged and when he walked out a free man a little tow-headed boy lay sobbing out his joy on her breast i'm going to work for you if you'll let me he cried through his tears why i thought you said you couldn't do anything that day we met she laughed oh i'm awful smart he boasted i can tote fresh water carry all your notes to your sweetheart and i'm great digging worms to go fishing i know right where to find him she sent him away with a kiss and a promise to let him come and show her what he could do as she entered the jail with john's dinner the jailer whose friendship she had won by the liberal use of money and skillful flattery whispered to her come in here a minute miss i want to show you something she followed him into his room and started with horror at the sight of a dirty suit of convict's stripes spread out on a chair. Stella's face blanched. They are for him? she gasped. Yes'm, and if you'll excuse me for saying it, I think it's a damn shame. They have no right to put this outrage on him before his people, she cried. No'm, they ain't got no right but they're going to do it tomorrow morning just the same they're going to take him all the way to albany in that suit who's doing this she asked with rising wrath steve hoyle ma'am he's fixing to have a big gang of niggers and low white trash here in the morning to hoot and yell and make fun of him all the way to the train and i thought i'd tell you thank you she answered warmly her big brown eyes beginning to flash fire you know if i'd step out that suit of clothes might be found missing it ain't mine i'll swear to that i don't know anybody that owns it or wants it i understand wrap it up please i can't touch it stella shuddered and watched the jailer with wide staring eyes as he picked up the suit wrapped it in a piece of brown paper and laid it back on the chair i got to go there's somebody knocking at the door. Of course, I won't know what's become of the damn thing. 
he left her with a grin and stella seized the bundle hurried home and burned it on the way she stopped at a hardware store and made a mysterious purchase which she carefully concealed and there was a dangerous light in her eyes as she placed this package beside the traveling dress which she had laid out to wear on the train with john the jailer passed stella in the hall but looked the other way as he hurried forward with two soldiers who had called to see john graham they were dressed in the regulation blue suits of the army the jailer trusting implicitly their uniforms allowed them to go up unaccompanied to john's door so complete was the disguise that at first the condemned man gazed through the bars with indifference at his callers the taller of the two suddenly thrust his face close and whispered god man don't you know me john started dan billy what does this mean dan put his fingers on his lips everything's all right billy's been up in the mountains with me at my summer resort i wrote you billy not to come john scowled i'm not going to see this infamy put on you it's all fixed chief dan broke in drawing a new sledgehammer from his pocket and slipping the handle from his sleeve with a loud cough to mask the sound he thrust the handle into its place you're both crazy john said with anger it's as easy as falling off a log dan urged billy'll smash the lock i'll gag and tie the jailer i've got the fastest horse in the county waiting for you at the corner get thirty minutes start and there ain't cavalry enough this side of hell to stop you when you get to my house you'll be in god's country the boys are there waiting for you dan handed the hammer to billy put that hammer down john commanded sternly i won't you've got to go with us do as i tell you or i'll call the jailer john said with a frown for god's sake come with us billy pleaded steve hoyle's going to have a crowd of negroes here to laugh and jeer at you tomorrow as you come out i tell you i can't stand it john's face suddenly paled you can stand it if i can billy get out of this both of you before you're arrested quick now i won't have it come here dan john called to the mountaineer who had turned away give me your hand dan thrust his hand through the bars and john grasped it are you a friend of mine ain't i a showin you take billy home and take care of him until i return will you do it yes but i don't like giving up a fight when i've won it and one more thing dan old boy before i let your hand go you've got to promise me not to kill steve hoyle who said i was going to do that i say it he ain't fit to live yes but somehow god lets a lot of such trash cumber the earth we'd better not try any more interference with his plans dan hesitated struggling with deep passion drew a handkerchief and blew his nose you're pretty hard on me chief i was going to call by steve's house and finish both jobs today but orders is orders i'll take them from you i won't take them from nobody else goodbye take care of yourself billy pressed his brother's hand silently turned and left with dan when the last echo of their steps had died away john graham stared through the iron bars for half an hour and saw only the vision of a mob of yelling laughing negroes and behind them the fat 
white, cowardly face of Steve Hoyle. He sank to the chair with a groan. Oh, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. End of Book 3, Chapter 8